There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Hip Hop Save My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's sit back because it's time for the podcast. Welcome to Hip Hop Saved My Life. Uh, I'm here with Rui Madge. Hey man. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Mate, we are honoured, mm. honoured to have a legend. We're in the presence of a legend, right? Yeah. I know that word gets banded about, but in this instance, fucking true, bruv. Charlie Tuna. Wow. Oh my God! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I appreciate that, man. That's Dude, crazy. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I First of all, the legend thing, that jacket is kind of tight I, I, I'm, I'm a little weird sometimes listen like I know that you're weird about that but you you, I know you wouldn't say it because right. you're a humble guy but I'm telling you that's how you're regarded in this tiny booth in Bermondsey right? that's, <laughs> that's how it welcome to Terradone I'm your host a friendly neighborhood baritone vocal channel the spirits of old poets I don't drink a glass never will hold a wet similar to Paul or his dumb bar from the crew you thought was just all chorus in one star now I'm one sixth of a click that brunch while commercial counterparts are in constant conflict I'm we've also got Sam Gill in the place hello Sam hey how are you doing what is your official title Sam um, I am a diplomat of sound booking agent there you go Agent. So he's responsible. If you are thinking, oh, I'm so glad that they're bringing over so many great artists, that's because of Sam. Basically, oh, single-handedly, right? I wouldn't say single-handedly. There's an organisation, but, but you're the the main. Do you know what I mean? I do what I can. Charlie's here because of you, right? Partly, mainly and, and because, because of his great team as well. Yeah, but, but yeah. mainly because of you. <laughs> Don't be humble. Don't, don't right be now, humble. But yeah, I've done it. It wouldn't have happened without you. It's all you. on me. Yeah. yeah. Don't. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you were giving it all that chat outside. Now suddenly we started <laughs> you know, recording. You're saying it's a like, team. Oh, shit, I'm going to get caught out online. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, Charlie, listen, thank you so much for thank coming, you, man. man. Like, it's so good to have you. Massive fan. Um, you're over here with Crafty Cuts, right? Um, yes, sir. Doing yes, sir. a tour. Yeah. Uh, uh, how did that come about with you two? Sort of? It's crazy. Um, heard about Crafty Cuts from a couple of old school songs, but never really put it together about how massive he was. Yeah. Uh, we met through a mutual friend, uh, Nick Middleton from the Funk Hunters. Yeah. But um, I guess he he was trying to get at me through my management, or I think he oh that's what he told me. He told me he said he gave, gave a beat to Newmark to yeah. give to me, and, and New never gave it to me. For, I don't know for some reason. New was always busy and. Running around and shit, so it's the same thing. So, yeah, um, I missed that from New. Then he got with my management and gave it to to uh, Mike Lanz, is my manager, right? So he played me the beat, and I was like, "Damn, this sounds like some Jurassic stuff." But I didn't really think too, you know, twice about it, other than him saying, "Okay, I see that you're gonna be in in Europe with, yeah. uh, I mean, in in the UK with uh, the Funk Hunter. So if you're over, man, maybe we can record some stuff." But I, you know, I took it with a grain of salt, kind of. Um, we ended up having a couple of off days, and so we scheduled going to Crafty Studio. We took a train over there, got there, treated us mad gracious. He pl- played like three or four different dope ass beats, and I was like, man, I want those. 
And we sat there and just vibed out for like an hour and created this song called Hands High. No peasants when I bring this bizarre style. Well measured is a king when my bars cry. Still peasants like the wings of a barn owl. On top of the yard, probably entertaining large crowds. At last, the purple hermit monster's massive. You're done if your response is passive. Back by the miraculous Jurassic in classic fashion. But when solo, I'm a verbal assassin. And I'm asking you, yeah, ain't no time to stand by. Get ready to dance and blow your hands high. It, it came about so organically that I was just like, man, that's, it's rare that you find somebody that you can, you know, instantly click and work yeah. that fast with. You know what I mean? So I thought that was fun. Once again, song was dope, but I didn't really think as much about it as obviously Crafty does. That dude thinks. Like, yeah. He's ahead of time, like, like crazy. So uh, he had hit me like a month or two later with a song. Um, that he was doing with, with MC Dynamite because they got an album coming out. And Dynamite is one of my favorite MCs from yeah. from, from time, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, for real, though, like old school, like Ronnie yeah. Size days, that dude, I love that dude. So um, he sent me the track, and I'm like, word, I get a chance to do a song with Dynamite. I'm down, let's do it. It's so mad to me that you're a Dynamite fan. Like, oh, not the, No, I mean, Dynamite's amazing, don't get me wrong. But the fact that you're a it's just amazing. Fan. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I love I love going places and, and hearing dudes that 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 you know are based on what I do as well, you know, hip hop heads or what yeah. have you. But like make it theirs. Like do it. I remember coming to uh, the UK for the first time and hearing these mixtapes with like Rodney P and and Roots Maneuver on it. Yeah. And, I, and I kept asking, hey, who is that dude right there though? <laughs> no, but who is that dude? I kept yeah. asking that. Then I, I seen this video. For juggle things proper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is that dude, man? <laughs> right? Then I don't know. Four or five years later, I get a call just out of the blue from Ninja Tune. Yeah. Like, uh, is this Charlie Tune? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hold on one second. Put Roots on the phone. He's like, yo, I want to do a song with you. I was like, <laughs> finally, because I like your shit. You know, it's so that has got to be the deepest voice phone conversation of all time. Yeah, right? that was crazy. Re- like- yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I got a video that I've, I've, I've been thinking about in this day and age now because I think only MySpace was was uh, around when yeah. we did that tone. But of of me and him creating Join the Dots, it was like a, such an organic thing. And to like you said, just li- I was listening back to it. I was like, listen to that conversation. That's a hell of a baritone conversation yeah, yeah. right there. It was crazy. But we got in a booth because he, he was like, how you want to approach the song? And I was like, I don't know. Tell you the truth, I don't even know what we want to do. He was like, let's just go freestyle and just... Maybe we'll find some ways. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. So the video, I just set up the camera. The video is just me and him freestyling for like a good 30 minutes. Yeah. He got all that on tape. And then this was my first time actually like seeing what Pro Tools does. Yeah. And we was just playing it back. And he was like, okay, I like this. I like this. I like that. I was like, you can do that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and we just basically soul train scramble board that song together. Yeah. I mean, from the freestyle. So that's what's cool about the Join the Dots too. And it's really a big freestyle. Holy so it's stuff shit, like man. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know that's wicked. To change because of fantasies, they try to feed us. Under the bridge, drumming for Flea Anthony Kiedis. I ran from elitists who got the truth confused. It's the man fit beginning the one who's Mystic mindset, travel at walk eight. Flashback to my very first taste of hash cake. Oh, Lord, I feel so sensual. And every now and then I get a great sense of wow. So you're in L.A. now, right? You're from... Yeah, I'm uh, from Chicago. Chicago. Been in L.A. for a long time. I went to high school there, so... I got, like, when Lyricist Lounge came out, man, like, I've got no idea what the response was in the States, but I know that over here, when that album dropped, like, it was just like, um... It was just incredible. It was just amazing, the response that album got. And you 
Jurassic Five had like arguably the tune of the of the album with Ju, right? Wow. When, when that tune drops on that, it's just it's the first time I'd heard Jurassic Five, like, and and I just went, holy shit, what is this? I shoot the gift up and the bow split, buckles are coming thicker than an Nicole Smith. I'm linking metaphors and guns to state nerves. We conjugate verbs and constipate nerves like you. I'm here to end the conspiracy, feel the sleep, so you can really see the real MCs. Hey, hey. I'm tuning the fish on the stick ship, the eclectic. You must have felt the response of of being that album. Did you feel it? Did you see? Did you know how well it had gone down? Not exactly. Um, just as uh, you know, as separate as the two coasts are within hip hop. Yeah. In America, you know, West Coast, yeah, East Coast. Course, yeah. It was like um, the the East Coast had an underground scene going on as well as the West Coast at the same time. We were only dealing with what we had in front of us, which was like a lot of the labels didn't want to sign anything other than, than gangster rap. You know, yeah. once uh, N.W.A. came out, they basically made the imprint for every other label to be like, I want an N.W.A. too. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it, it became a, a climate in L.A., especially where you couldn't really get a deal or get like a A&R person to even listen to your stuff because they were looking for a certain style of rap. And that's just that. So... A lot of us congregated at open mic spots, and I know it was two really big ones, and we were part of one of them. Uh, one was in Pasadena, but the other one was in South Central LA, and then, and that's called the Good Life, and it was a it was a health food store in like a little strip mall. Yeah, could fit like seventy five people in that place, but like four hundred people in the parking lot, and it got that big. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Three dollars uh, to get in it's from seven to ten on Thursday nights. And it started in 89 and ended, I think, in like 95, I think, and switched over to Lamert Park, which was not that far from yeah. the same spot. But anyway, we would congregate at these places, man, and, you know, just do open mic shows. And eventually it became this cool-ass community that was almost like a college, man. It was teaching us how to be performers. You know what I mean? We had rules like you couldn't curse which sounds like whatever. But, man, that limitation made us get extremely creative. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I really saw a lot of, especially with us, too, there's like a lot of boundaries being pushed because we had these walls that we couldn't go past. What made you come up with, like, no curses? Is that, is that Was it for a creative reason or just because... Well, at the good life, okay, so once again, yeah. South Central Los Angeles, this is the middle of the ghetto. It's yeah. Exposition in Crenshaw, right? Right. Middle of the ghetto, right? Yeah. Uh, the the health food store was owned by you know three Afrocentric people you know what I'm saying one uh is B Hall who is the the the, the face and the voice of the place uh, there's another chick her name was Latifa and her husband and they were like from the 60s like freedom fighters and you know the right. whole thing right? yeah so they were all about especially in the climate of gangster rap trying to help the the, the the inner city black and Latino youth to stray away from the gang life and yeah. and all of that stuff. Anything that was involved in that. So, you know what I'm saying? Oh, we're going to throw an open mic. You can't curse. Yeah. Out the gate. Don't bring that gang shit in my spot. That's yeah. what they, that was their whole thing. But the crazy part was it even made a, a avenue for the gangster dudes to have to come in there and get creative. Right, right, right. Yeah. Hence, you got to do like Snoop Dogg. Snoop used to come. <laughs> when I first saw Snoop, I was like, oh, here come another one of these gangster dudes. And we yeah. and after that first song, he was with a group called Perfection. After that first song, we was like, oh, but skinny homie is hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For real. Like, he he was dope. With NWA, it's an interesting for you to say that, because obviously we're not part of the culture over here. We're observing it from outside. But, like, 
with NWA, it's such like straight out of Compton and everything that NWA, I mean, NWA did was so amazing. But their legacy was like not through any fault of their own, but it was almost an, it had such a negative effect on everything that's coming out after that, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And like almost arguably to the point where in the UK, when people think about hip hop, even to this day, they think of it as that snapshot of that kind of yeah. crime riddled kind of, you know, that, that kind of thing. It's it's such a mad one because I love NWA mm -hmm. and I listen to all of it, it's great. But then, like you said, all of that copycat stuff came out after us and every record label jumped on it and said, this is what we want, this is what we want. And then hip hop got blamed for that. Yeah. But hip hop artists were not selecting what got blown up the record right. labels are doing that right exactly. they're going we we want this we want this we want this and that yeah. gets what pushed and i remember i remember talking to mates about it and i said if i i'll be honest with you right if i was in a situation where i was making no money and i was struggling i was trying to feed my kids and they said to me you've got to say this this and this in order to get a record deal i probably would do it do you know what i mean like <laughs> right. my integrity right. is yeah. not more important than my children eating right. do you know what exactly. I mean? like, exactly. so it's like a, a, it's a mad one like, yeah you, uh, it was an instance in uh, that jay-z movie um I forgot the name of the Fade to Black, I think it was. Yeah. Where he had them two dudes in the studio and they was like gangster rap. He's like, man, why y'all do this, man? He's like, well, you know, this is what we think we needed to do to get signed. And Jay-Z turned to the camera was like, you see this America? You see what? <laughs> but I thought that was just extremely ironic that Jay-Z was telling us this. I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, but yeah, it's, it's real. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you have to, you know, weigh the options. Are you doing this for the love? Because a lot of dudes I know, you know, uh, nine to fives I, I had nine to five the whole time we was doing this shit until we got a record deal yeah. or actually we got a record but until I told my dude because I was I was, in, I was a security guard at the time yeah. and my dude who I went to high school with was my boss which was dope <laughs> leeway so dope <laughs> <laughs> I told him I said yo the minute because at the time I was doing shows with Jurassic and I was doing shows with Ozo Motley at the same time and it was like we were doing all this stuff around the city and I was getting all this extra change from doing all these shows. I was like, hey man, the minute these shows start paying me more than the security job, I'm out, man. I ain't yeah. trying to leave you hangers, I'm just telling you now. Yeah. And maybe about a week after that, I got a call in the middle of one of the jobs. I was out at a, at a carnival, securing this carnival, and I got a call from Ozo Motley. They was like, hey, we got a show, and I forgot what it was, but it paid X amount of money. I was like, <laughs> I'm there. All right, peace. Click. <laughs> Call my dude. I was like, hey, Ed, you remember what I told you? It's about that time. I'm sorry. I love you, man. But after this day, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sounds crazy, man. But was it more, I take it, so you're saying it was more difficult for you because you weren't in that sort of style of. It was difficult, man. Particularly but, on the West Coast. I yeah, guess. it was difficult. And I think it, it, it affected the whole of America, not just the, the, the West Coast, because that gangster rap created a different almost a, a slightly different style of gangster and thug type of thing in New York, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And in, in the South as well. So it was like, it was the same kind of mind state, but different uh, ways of going about it because of the regions of America, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Either way it go, it created this undertone gangster thing that, that all of the labels thought was the reason why, you know, this music was selling, in my opinion, you know? did make it hard for us, but it definitely gave us character. It made us all more business-like than the average person, you know what yeah. I'm saying? As well as more creative, in my opinion. You know, you got people like my homegirl, uh, uh, Ava DuVernay, who's making movies now, like yeah. out the out the yin yang and getting super love for her. She's like the most famous one of all of us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she was the original Eve. If you if you know who Eve yeah, is, the rapper, yeah. she was the original Eve. Right. But she, and that girl can rap. <laughs> she obviously don't have to though, boy. Yeah, yeah. 
can rap. She's sick with it, like really sick with it. But she was a film student the whole time we was going to the good life. So this is the, just a, a display of what we were saying. We was like, everybody gonna do their thing, but we loved rap and loved hip hop. So we definitely had to participate in it in some form of fashion. And I guess some of us were more about it than others and yeah. trying to chase the thing as a career. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think we were part of that part of it. You know what I'm saying? But I oh, I had this theory, me and Crafty was talking about this too. And I honestly think it's true. It was around that same time when the NWA thing was happening and the gangster rap thing hit. The UK changed. You guys was like, man, our police don't even carry guns. Y'all talking this gun shit? Yeah. You know? And I think, honestly, that, that moment cracked the egg on the drum and bass, the jungle, the, all of the sounds that came after. When y'all got bored with hip-hop, like, hey, what are they doing that shit over there? Yeah. We gonna do our thing over here. And all that, all y'all dope-ass music just burst. In my opinion, I thought, yeah. I, then I start, we start coming over and I'm just like, all right, word. Well, this is some other shit. I, yeah. we, not re, we not getting this at, at, the, at home, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I just thought that, you know, the, from the few times we came, that hip-hop was the only thing. It was like, nah, you guys are doing your own thing out the gate. When you started, like, with Jurassic 5 or whatever, I, I'm interested to know, because, like, your voice, obviously, a, a, a huge reference. Like, I, the number of times I've been at like a, a gig or a party or something, and they play What's Golden, and they do a rewind on you saying it's the verbal Herman Monster. Ah, right, that like, happens for real? <laughs> wow, I love to be at parties to see that. That's crazy. <laughs> well, it's the verbal Herman Monster, the word enhancer, sick of phony mobsters controlling the dance floor. I'm in them dark places, catch you when you stalk naked. Your heart races as we poke you for your chart spaces. It's like amazing, man. So like, uh, does that? How did that? Because obviously, you straight away, you know it's you. You you've got that weapon. You know, like you're identifiable straight off the right. bat, right? And we were talking. We were talking to some other officers. Said, if you've got a higher pitched voice or you you rap with a higher pitch, it's easier for you to hit loads of syllables and sort of. Did that? Did your voice affect the way you've written? I mean, I guess you don't know because you've only ever had that voice. Right, but right. has it sort of like influenced? Have you thought about using your voice as an instrument, or you're not conscious of it at all? Honestly, that's the only way that I think about it. Yeah. Now more than ever. Okay. So, uh, massive dancehall fan. You know, right. Caribbean family influences from you know from time. So, always listen to you know any kind of reggae, soca, all that kind of stuff. And I always was. Uh, because of that, like a fan of like the fan of your all-stars and the salsa musics and all that. And just listening to the percussive aspect of it all. Yeah. Right? Um, that was my unconscious aspect. And I was always uh, attracted to anything that sounded like a bass, which is crazy. Bass, yeah. The bass itself to like deep voice singers, to deep voice rappers, whatever it was, I always was attracted to that. Like Rakim, if it wasn't for him, you probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to me. That's yeah. the truth. I'd big up to that brother. No question. Him and uh, like Melly Mel and you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the dudes. So that being said, um, it wasn't until I started dabbling around with Ozo Motley and then actually becoming a member of the band and then taking a trip with them in 98 to Cuba. We went to Havana to the International Youth Conference. And when we got down there, you know, one, I didn't want to go. I couldn't speak Spanish. I was like, man, I don't even know why I'm going down here, man. I mean, we might get killed down here. I don't know what the hell. I was, like, scared, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Never traveled like that before. Um, got down there, um, and honestly, it changed the way I thought about everything. Uh, the one instance that changed me really was 
the guitar player Raul Pacheco, he found like he was so excited to be in Cuba that day, right? I was tired, man. It was like four in the morning. I'm like, I'm gonna lay down. He's like, I'm gonna go rolling around and check it out. You can speak Spanish. Go for it. I'm going to sleep. So I laid down. I'm asleep. It's four. It's six. I'm getting tapped. I'm like, dude, what, man? What's up, man? Let me just sleep a little longer. He's like, no, you gotta come with me, man. I was like, all right, we in Cuba. All right. Got up, put on my clothes, walk with him. As soon as we stepped out where we were staying, it was cool where we were staying. We were staying in these, what they called them, FOFs, uh, Friends of Fidel, where these people had these nice houses right. and would host people that come to Cuba, which was dope, I guess. But anyway, we go outside of these, these, uh, like, these apartment houses, kind of like these nice plush places, and there's this open field, and in the distance there's a baseball field. These dudes were out there playing baseball, and the sun was coming up. I was like, that looked dope. That's fresh. We in Cuba. This is crazy. Is this what you wanted me to see? Because I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 follow me, man. So we start walking towards this church. And from a distance, this church looked abandoned. Yeah. I know that that thing of when somebody wakes you up to go and see something because you're like, this is this this is it, right? Yeah, yeah. Is this it? And is, you're walking on going, I hope like, this man, is the thing I that they want me to see. this is it, exactly. Is this the thing? It's amazing, man. It's amazing. No, it's not the thing. No, that's the thing, right? It's wicked. Exactly. No, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. That's exactly how I felt, man. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, so we get to the church and it's abandoned. But you hear this music, this they hell of a salsa band playing. I'm thinking it's a radio, because yeah. they play tight. Like frog coochie, like tight. Right? Yeah. I'm just like, damn. You know, where's this coming from? Ain't nobody in here. This place is dilapidated. And then you look and there's a door that leads downstairs and there's a light on. He's like, come on. I'm not going down there. You went yeah. down there. It was like I went down already. When, when we went down there, there was a band playing, and these this this band they were locals, and they were practicing to perform at the international youth conference. We up, we went back and got the other band, met each other. Everybody was chilling. Long story short, I'm just out. I'm the rap dude, so I'm just watching everybody <laughs> yeah, doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so it's a guy. He comes over to me. He's like, "What do you do?" I was like, "I, I, I rap." He was like, "Oh," he was like. Let me hear you. Can you rap something on that? I was like, okay. So the beat playing, so I did a little freestyle. Then I then I spit a little something written, and the dude liked it. He was like, he said, you know, you need to learn an instrument. And I was like, what instrument is that? I was like, I don't, I'm, I'm not trained at all. He was like, he turned, and he grabbed the clave. Yeah. And he gave me the clave. I was like, what am I going to do with these two sticks, man? <laughs> He's like, look, what I'm about to teach you will control everybody in this room. I said, okay, how? So he showed me the the, the one wrong cold rhythms, the two, you know, the, the, the two, three, the three, two. And he's yeah. like, hey, I'm going to show you. If I start with two, three, and they play to this, if I switch it up, it'll fuck everybody up. I was like, whatever. Start doing it. <laughs> he looked at me. But everybody's playing. You know, he, he I guess he was like, one, two, three. Everybody stopped playing. He's playing the, one, the, the two, three rhythm. He looked at me. He was like, watch this. He switched it. Everybody stopped and was like, yo, like looked at him like, what are you doing? Yeah. I was like, ho, that's control right there. <laughs> so afterwards, he started talking to me about how that rhythm is a basis of a lot of the, the four on the floor type stuff that we listen to on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's what's up. He was like, and if you thought about the way your voice and the way your words land like a percussive instrument, then it'll unlock patterns and styles if that's what you're looking for. And I was right. like, so I start writing to the drum, but but writing to the drum, like finding the open spaces and, you know, thinking about myself as a timba or, or a conga or, yeah. you know what I'm saying, as well as a, like a like a cajon or so, anything that's got a, a heavy bass yeah. noise to it. And I started unlocking some crazy shit. Then I, then I started thinking about like, okay, well, what's my favorite patterns? 
you know, you got dance hall patterns, man, like Buju Bantan, dude. Listen to how Buju used to do his thing with the gravelliest voice on earth. I was yeah, like, yeah. you don't take care of your voice at all, but he, he found a way to use it. That type of thing motivated me to say, okay, well, I'm going to just do with what I have the best that I can. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that story finished up with him te- telling you that that's what you need to do with your voice. Because th- originally, the way you told that story was like, I started rapping, the guy heard me rapping, they said, you need to learn an instrument. Right. Like, if I... If I like, if that I, shit I, sucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, if I... If somebody, like... Asked to see my stand-up, and then I did it. He goes, "You need to learn to dance." I was like, "What the fuck, man?" Like, man thanks, man. You know what I'm saying? I guess you didn't enjoy yourself. Huh? That's real, though. I didn't even think about it like that. I was all enthralled. But yeah, man, you're right, though. And so that really did like sort of help you with like. Yeah, it, it helped the way I thought about it. So once I got back, I started really, you know, because I like to work. So it ain't just like. I only have to do this Jurassic stuff or this Ozo stuff. Like, if I get an opportunity and it look like it's going to be able to challenge me to do something different, I'll yeah. try to do it. I mean, that's kind of where I'm here now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Too, so. I do think it's amazing, like, you know, like because so many rappers, like, just get a flow and then they do that over every, every like, every single track. Then every so often when you hear a rapper, like, play with it, it's not, um, it feels less sort of... Uh, Mathematical, you know, right. it feels like more like they're feeling it. Do you know right. what I mean? Like right. it feels like it's got more musicality to it. Whereas you get some rappers that just that's how I rap, and I'll adjust it to the tempo. But that yeah. is it. That's my flow. But others they play with it and yeah. they drop out. They go off beat and then back on and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that's when you feel like you sort of think, shit, I'd, I wouldn't even think to do that. Do exactly. you know what I mean? Like exactly. it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Man. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. So what sort of stuff do you listen to? Are you into hip-hop now? Do you listen to everything? Or uh, I try to, you know, on some, like, stock exchange type shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I try to listen to everything. I, yeah. I try to, you know, but it, it hurts sometimes, man. Like, I can't, and maybe it's, and I never thought I would be able to, would, would have the opportunity to say this, but maybe it's the generation gap or something. I don't know. Like, I got a 25-year-old son. I'm five minutes from 50. It's like, when I listen to, like, a little Yachi or uh, <laughs> I just can't, I don't, I'm like, I'm baffled. yeah. You know, like I like props to a, a brother like like Chance the Rapper, yeah. or like uh, like J Cole or Kendrick, yeah. or, you know what I'm saying? Who who still they still got the fundamental of it? They holding on to it and they pushing the envelope, like you yeah. said, like stretching and doing yeah, things yeah, with yeah. it that you know you wouldn't expect people. To, I love that, but like these other dudes, you know, who, for instance, the overall mentality is, hey. Biggie Smalls wasn't big when I was out. I was little. I don't know nothing about that. I don't have to know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, wait. Like, if you into something, wouldn't you want to know the history? 
or at least a little bit of it. Yeah. But I mean, I understand the argument. It don't matter because what y'all doing is selling right now. But y'all bubble gum, and when I say bubble gum, not like uh, like yeah, you cheap, you whack this and the third, but more like you take the wrapper off yeah. and you chew it, and the instant flavor's gone, and you're they're going to the next day. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's a mad one, isn't it? Because like it's sort of constantly people are saying hip-hop's over in this yeah. country we're obsessed in the UK we're saying hip-hop's like you know it's done I oh, know man it's not like that it used to be fuck that man yeah. but like and then the thing is it's like like you said with people like Kendrick and J. Cole and people like that that feels like how I hoped hip-hop would progress you know so you've got certain people like Chance the Rapper and like you go this is what I expected but what I didn't expect was the art of rapping to be sort of so throwaway do you know what I mean like yeah, with Little Yachty and people like that like you sort of I remember listening to hip hop going I wonder because hip hop's so changeable I remember like thinking I wonder where it's going to go and what I didn't realise is like some people just weren't going to give a crap about the art like, about the ability to rap do you know what I mean like I never thought I never thought because you know I remember like we used to go to jump off here, like where they do battles and stuff like that. Okay. And if anybody was like under par, they would get the crowd would apps. I mean, you you have to leave immediately. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. and under like a coat or something like that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And these guys just openly have got just they, they got they got no skills. They, they'll go onto a radio show. They won't be able to do it. And then they go, and then just go, I don't, you know, it's all right. Yeah, I don't know what I do. I don't do that. I'm a rock star. Yeah, yeah, It's so <laughs> huh? weird. Yeah, it is yeah. crazy. But, I mean, you know, there are a couple of new ingredients in, in the mix, you know what I'm saying? Like, we grew up, I don't know exactly how old you are, but like I said, I'm, I'm you know, mid-40s and shit, and it's like, we grew up where there was no computers and internet, and, you know what I'm saying? Like, I asked these youngsters out the game, like, hey, you know what an encyclopedia is? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Wikipedia. Encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. No, see, that's what I thought. That type of thing to me is like the instant. Everything is instant. Like Google is God, so to speak. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to ask him a question and he's going to answer it, and that's law. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, like having to actually go dig. But the it. other thing is, it's like you can access so much more music at any one time. Yeah, right? a, so yes. I remember, like, when I was growing up, I had enough money to probably buy like a tape a cassette like every yeah. month or something Mental like that more, right? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and i would put that on and i would listen to that exclusively for a month right until i could afford the next one right. and i would yeah. know that record backwards yeah. i'd know every bit like everything right? right but now it just doesn't you can't nobody's listening to music like that now yeah. right? Do you know what i mean it's like immediately you're on spotify and you can you can like bring up a hundred tunes you know you're not gonna there's just no way that you're gonna spend that time with people listen to it differently do you know yeah, what I mean exactly. and then what happens is is because people consume it like that people make it differently because yeah. you can't like do you know when like you bought a cassette right and you listened to it and the track that you hated or thought wasn't all that when you first listened to it ended up being your favorite by yeah. the time later you fit- yeah. Yeah, yeah I used to love that <laughs> that, yeah. that slow yeah. burn it like that you know the grower or yeah. you start holy shit like I can't believe I didn't like this shit like do you yeah. know what I mean yep um, and then the one that was the lead single, you go, I'm sick of that song. But yeah. it's that one that you thought, oh, this is crap. And then you think, like, oh, my God. Yeah. I just can't imagine that happening because you just <laughs> wow. don't have that. Those tunes don't have a chance it's now, over do they? Yeah, it seems like, yeah, for real. It's like nobody's making music that'll last. Yeah. You know it's just I mean? disposable, right? I don't see 10 years down the line where, you know, how, like, say, dudes is like, man, dude, when I was 15, man, Jurassic 5 was my shit. <laughs> but it's like now you when I was 15, man, my man, that little Uzi Vert, man. I'm t- <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. But maybe I'm disconnected to it from it because of age. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
I yeah. think people still make like records to be nominated things like Beyonce's Lemonade for example is like so obviously made to win Grammys and right, stuff right, like right, that right. so I get that yeah. but like essentially I agree yeah, <laughs> with yeah. I'm getting nervous because I've got kids and like if they start listening to shit I don't know what I'm going to do man like what if my just what if my it. oldest son's a little yachty fan what, what am I going to do I feel you what man what am I going to do man I'm just glad Introduce my son's 25 man because <laughs> what was crazy for me was like here's a weird story okay so Joe Buttons, uh, Pump Me Up. You yeah. Know that song, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My son's walking around with his headphones. He's like rocking to that shit, right? Pump it up. You came to get it broke with a name. I shit it broke. You came to get it on. More than five holes in your bank to get it on. Roll up like that stank and get it on. And I'm like, that's dope. That's yeah. dope. You like that song? Took his headphones. like, Pops, you heard this song? I was like, yeah, man. He's like, man, this song is hard. I was like, really? I was like, it's dope. Yeah. But it's some people that done that beat better. Ain't nobody used this beat before. I was like, hold on. So I went and got the scenario remix yeah, and I yeah. played it to him. And he lost his shit. He was like, Buster Rhymes is rapping on this beat. Like, he <laughs> lost his shit. What we're going to do in 92, even though we had fun in 91. Put the film, my days earned beam coming down. Run up, run up, no sound. Leaving cracks in the ground. What's going on, my man? God damn, my number pain is hurting. So I was like, okay, I got something for you. Yeah. I went downstairs. So I, I collect DVDs. Yeah. I got 10 DVDs, and that's what's so dope. Like, you can do that. Yeah. Uh, starting from like Style Wars all the way up to like the most recent documentary of our, of our hip hop. Yeah. I said, look, this is homework. I ain't saying do this today. I'm saying. I'll give you two weeks, man. Watch all this shit. And while you're watching them, take some notes. Come holler at me. Your pops has been around. I've seen yeah, this yeah, shit. Yeah. Holler at me. He's like, all right, cool. Well, see, did he take that on? Because children tend to disregard what their dad's like, you know, even though you've got the credentials. <laughs> right, right, right. Thinking, whatever, dad. You know yeah, what I, mean? like, no, I, I can tell you some instances on that note. Either, yeah. But this particular time, he took my, because he was tripping on the Buster Rhyme thing. He was right. like, wow, what else? His whole thing was, what else am I missing? So yeah. it was dope. He watched all them joints in about a little less than a month. Yeah. But he had notes, and I was proud. I was like, yes. <laughs> and we sat and talked for, like, hours about, yeah. okay, so, Pops, what happened when, you know, who, why is Sheila E in, in Crush Groove? Like, yeah. Questions. Like, I'm like, real ones. I'm like, that's a dope question. Yeah. Really, I, I really don't know. Yeah. Why you know, other than, you know, the Hollywood factor of it all. But it was just dope to be able to, for him to ask it. Who's Cap? Uh, you know, like. Just ill questions. Yeah. So Grand Wizard Theodore is his name? Like, like yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And now I had, and it was cool because after that, I had this 16-year-old, 17-year-old who would go around his homies and have all this knowledge. And they'd be like, I ain't never heard of that. It's yeah. Like, I know it's, you know, my dad was telling me about it. Then they go, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was a time when my son didn't think I was cool just because all his homies thought I was cool. Uh, or right, anybody, yeah. you know, some we'd be walking around like I take him to the zoo or some shit, and somebody stop me. Oh, Charlie, Tuna, man, what's up, man? I love your group, and he's like, "Dad, come on, man!" <laughs> like I thought we were hanging out. Like he be, he was he was resentful. One time he came home with a blank piece of paper. I didn't know it was blank, and he was like, yeah. "Dad, can you sign this?" This is from school. I was like, what "The fuck you didn't did you didn't? Yeah. I got what is that trip slip or you you in trouble or something?" I look at the paper and it's blank. I'm like, "This is a joke." 
because when I was little, I had my mom sign a piece of paper and I learned her signature. Yeah, and I, got I did a bunch that. Of yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. practice that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "What is this? A joke, man?" You know what I'm saying? He was like, "No," nah. and he was, but he was salty. He was really mad about this. He was like, "My PE teacher, man, is a fan, man. He wanted you to sign." He was mad. <laughs> like he was really angry, man. I was like, "Okay," and I signed it for him, but I, yeah. I didn't know how to feel about that. I was like, "Dang, well." Maybe it's just because I am who I am. He's yeah. rebellious about it. You can't be cold. Yeah. But then later, it, it, you know, as he got older, yeah, yeah. it's all good. So. My, my oldest son. He, How old is your oldest? Seven. Yeah. He has got no filter. So he'll say things like, there's a kid in class that said you weren't that funny the other night on this thing. And I said to him, from now on, you never tell me that again. <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> Daddy's too insecure. It's like having Dude, a <laughs> Just a permanent Twitter there. Yeah. Some oh, seven-year-old yeah. didn't like me. Yeah. No, right. what, but no, but my kid, they just, the thing is, is like, my, your kids don't think it's cool. My son doesn't think it's cool. He just says, oh, like, like he'll have a mate round and then mm. his mate go, oh, you, like, I saw you under it. And then Theo's like, yeah, okay, he's just my dad. Right. right. Do you, do you know think I mean? he might like, do when way. he's older, when he's like fifth, do you think, or he'll just find it more and more embarrassing as you get on? I'm ho- I want to be embarrassing. Do you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, like I know, like, the some worst people... type of embarrassing dad. Yeah, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be a cool dad. I want to be like, <laughs> I want. You like... will be telling dad jokes. Yeah, yeah. when he like, brings proper. a girl home, I want to like come downstairs in cycle shorts. Do you know what I mean? And then, like, do you know what I mean? It's just purely to entertain yourself. Who is this? Hey, how you doing? Oh, Theo's got a friend. Hey, how you doing? Cartoon dancing. <laughs> so when you're when you're 25, you can educate him about uh, comedians from when you were. Uh, yeah, I mean like yeah, yeah I you mean, can be you'd be giving him all the DVDs. I would find it upsetting. Yeah. Like I would find it upsetting if he was listening to crap music or yeah. listening to like or enjoying shit, shit comedy. Yeah, that would piss me off. Yeah. By shit comedy, I mean 90 percent of it. There you go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You hear me? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is going to put this in a time capsule yeah, yeah, yeah. to listen to in fifteen years. Is there anything that you don't like about hip hop, or anything that do you have a bugbear about it at all? Um, anything, any element at all? Nah, man. To be perfectly honest, because it's allowed me to to find myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like your, the name of your show, man. It saved my life for real. Yeah. Like I'm from where they call Chirac now. <laughs> Yeah, and had I stayed, had I participated in anything other than hip hop, man, I I probably wouldn't be here. I'd be dead. I'd be smoked out. I'd be in a jail somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of my friends, honestly, eighty two percent of them, <laughs> give you the odd number, yeah, are one of the one of the three. You know, dead, yeah, yeah. locked up, or really, really, really strung out on drugs. And it's just like I uh, I say uh, my my city's back lots are infected with crack rocks and hookers but that's not the method i chose to get accepted and that's the part that i'm proud of to this day you know what yeah. I'm saying? so i wouldn't change a thing about it man yeah did you watch the evolution of hip-hop uh yeah i kind of liked it i mean you know in situations like that it's got to be longer than four or five episodes i know yeah, but I, know. but i mean i liked what he did I, th- I thought it was really cool because it it it, it put it in a it summed it up in a way for newer dudes to like look at him and still be interested. You know what I'm saying? We like, if you're a nerd about hip hop, then you're ready for every little mathematical, technical, his father was this and this. But if, you know, it's like Star Wars, like, do you know what I mean? Exactly. That mythology of it all, do you know what I mean? Like, I liked, I was the kid 
that really liked to sort of be that nerd and sort of pull people up on stuff. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, actually, that beat was originally used uh, six years ago. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, okay, you can say that Snoop Dogg is original, but he is heavily influenced by Slick Rick. So yeah. I think you'll find, so I think yeah. you need to check back. Do you know what I mean? All that kind of shit. <laughs> I used to love being that kid. Do you know what I mean? Just like... yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite. Like, I, yeah. I did a bunch of, not the opposite, but yeah. I did a bunch of... Uh, uh, Hanging out, and well, he's one of my good brethren, man. And, and I did a couple of songs with him with uh, Brother Jay from X Clan. And I'm always, I'm in his grip. Hey, you you know, man, without without you, it wouldn't be no Snoop Dogg, right? You, <laughs> you and Slick Rick, man, y'all, that's it's like y'all had a little baby, and there it is right there. <laughs> I even told Snoop that. He, he, he yeah. was like, yeah, you're right. Did you see that video of him complaining about new rappers? Have you seen yeah. that? Yeah. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no big up for that, man. I love that. I was loving that. I love it when people just like, they've obviously just caught him when he's feeling particularly honest. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Just diplomacy's gone out the That's window. That's about Snoop, though, man. A lot yeah. of people don't know. Like, I'd pay $100, honestly. Yeah. I would pay $100 to just watch him talk and and tell jokes because the dude is funny as hell. Yeah. Like, like jaws hurting after you finish kicking it with him type thing. But he's always been like super, I think that's what's funny about him. Mad honest and like too much so sometimes, you know, where you're just like, damn, Snoop. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm but he's dope. So I think, I think uh, somebody like him, man, uh, definitely can teach some people a couple of He was yeah. like, he was um, like a marketing dream, wasn't he? Because like, wow. Because like, yeah. he not only. Not only did he like ha- make an incredible album, like his first album just out the get, like everyone over here was listening to that album. Yeah. But also the look, his yeah. voice, the persona, like everything about it, you can put that, you can put that on everything. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it was, yeah. it was. Crazy. Your grandma know who Snoop Dogg. Yeah, exactly. But that's, that's it. That shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like you know, people know who Snoop Dogg is. Never listened to a record of his. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, but they'll watch a show or whatever, or they think he's funny. It's mad, exactly. Because he's funny, man. What else do you listen to apart from hip hop? Then do you listen to everything? I try to listen to everything. I was talking. I was talking about this earlier today. I don't. I don't really listen to country music as much. I respect it though, because of the way that they write. Man, I love the way that they're able to capture like serious emotion. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's like <laughs> some racist shit. You know yeah. But I'm saying just like you can feel you know, the passion of racism. Oh, nice. Yeah, you can feel <laughs> yeah. that passion. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I start to feel racist listening to it. Yeah, and I get it. We should do. A you put me where you are. Do you know what I mean? Like, do a spin-off podcast. Yeah. Country, country jeopardise my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I started to feel racist. I feel you. Man. <laughs> it's funny too, cause my dad, man, my pops, it's funny, man. My pops, Chicago dude to the max, man. He lived in Texas for a while. And man, dude, this dude is a ZZ Top fan. It really? Bugs me out. I'm like, dude, you like? He like, man, you can't tell me them dudes, them long ass beards ain't cool. <laughs> See how cool they is? They cool. He just loved them. I don't yeah. know what. I don't know what that was. My dad, um, he ran a but like a pub, and he kept telling me he's like he said I'm like he said he's a massive Bob Marley fan, right? Nice. He's a drinker, so he's a massive Bob Marley fan. So one night, he got them to put on jamming, and he said I'm Ramesh, I'm going to sing to this. Just everybody clear the floor, right? So he gets ready. All he knew was we're jamming. That's literally he just. For well, three minutes, just watching, yeah, just watching this <laughs> over this fat Sri Lanka guy just go, we're jamming, <laughs> we're jamming. I'm just like, Dad, look, you don't have to do this. No, we're jamming. Shut, shut up! I want to do this. <laughs> I was like, you're not a Bob Marley fan. Sort <laughs> of you, man. So you're doing a tour. What plans you got for the future? Oh, man. Man? Uh, hey, man. 
God willing, man, just to be able to take a breath, man, for real. I, yeah. you know, I'm honestly uh, grateful to be where I am. You know what I'm saying? A lot of my homies didn't make it past 17, 18, and, I, and I'm always reflecting on that on a day-to-day basis. In 2000, our tour bus crashed. I got this big old scar on my head. Yeah. Metal plate right here from like two inches this way, and I, we wouldn't be talking. So it's like it's a lot of carpe diem going on for yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I'm on, man. I, I'm still able to make music. Um, at this point in my life, I don't want to have to chase music, and I don't want to have to be like in the mind state, oh, we, I got to make some music that's going to make it. I got to like I just want to have some fun. Yeah, yeah. That's it, man. And that's what I've been doing, man. Since this accident, I just been like, all right, if I can still do this, because when I was in the hospital bed, I was like, okay, my homeboy is the general manager at Timbaland. I hope he can, I might need a job, man. Were you really thinking all that? Oh, you don't even understand, man, because I, I knew how severe it was after I, you got enough time real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch on. this story, man. Yeah, so good. Yeah, good. we, 2000, were on the Warp Tour in America. This is a predominantly punk rock tour. That's what yeah. was dope about Jurassic. We had, we were able to be everywhere, right? We were on that tour. It was like summer camp to the max. And we were in places where in certain cities, the punk rock scene was so great that the neo-Nazi scene came through. And hate, you know, so we had rocks thrown at us. We fights. It was all kind of shit. But when it was good, it was good. When yeah. it was bad, it was bad. But when it was bad, you would see groups that you wouldn't think would stand up and stand with you, stand up. So I thought that was really dope. Yeah. Like camaraderie with a lot of, like, a couple of rock bands and a few punk rock bands to this day that I'd, I'd die for right now because how serious they was. Anyway, that being said, we were on the tour in Nashville and we had to drive to Houston the next day. Our tour bus, the two generators in the tour bus broke. So our tour bus driver was from Nashville and he knew where to get it fixed. And it was his duty to get it fixed while he slept. You know what I'm saying? We had the uh, show. The show was in the daytime because it was a daytime festival. Yeah. So we had the show. And then we had all this time to kill before it was time for us to leave at about two in the morning. Yeah. By the time two in the morning came, the, the uh, <clears throat> bus was done, it was fixed. The, the driver himself, Instead of sleeping, brought his family to the show, hung out, did all kind of shit. I don't know what else he did, but I know I saw him at the show when he should have been in the bed, introducing me to his wife and his children and shit. So it was kind of like awkward, right? Uh, 15 minutes outside of the drive, I go to sleep and I wake up. When I wake up, I'm looking at hospital lights and I'm like, okay. This is not the bus. What happened? I'm in my bed, and I'm like, I look around. I'm here, beep, beep, and I'm looking. Out, I see the little beep machines, the heart machines. And I look at my arm. I see wires, and I'm like starting to panic a little bit. So I look over. I see a mirror, and I know that I had just cut my hair the night before. Yeah. So I reach up to do this, and when I touch my head, it was like out here, and it had like stitches and stuff in my head I'm, yeah. I'm like yo and it hurt when I touched it I was like yo so I tried to lean up to look in the mirror and my head is like <laughs> just, just start really throbbing so I had to lay back down and the beep machines are beep, beep, beep. they're going off fast now and I'm like panicking press the nurse button I'm like yo she's like can I help you babe I'm like what the hell happened I'm yeah. panicking four nurses come in Baby, just calm down, calm down. The lead nurse, she's like, calm down. Give me a second. We got to go handle this thing down the hall. I come back and I talk to you about it. And I'll tell you what happened. You don't remember? I was like, nope, I don't. What happened? All right? They left. I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? What the f-? 
Look up in the corner, there's a TV. This is right when my homeboy Sway got his job right. at MTV. Yeah. When he used to rock them big-ass hats. Because his locks were stupid long at the time. Yeah. But he used to rock the big-ass hats to keep them covered and shit. Rap group Jurassic 5 was in a tour bus accident. And I'm just like... Oh, my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> and they show the bus. It has a big blue tarp on it. It was in a six-foot ditch. And the tree line had picked it up. And another tree line that was going this way stopped us right before we went on another 12-foot drop. This guy swerves yeah. and falls asleep and crashes the bus. I'm sleeping in the back. I didn't sleep in the bunks. So I got thrown from my couch and my head smashed against the table. And then when the tree line picked us up, threw me right back into my bed. Covers over me as if I slept through the whole thing. Wow. The fellas had to break down the door to get in, and they saw me in the bed. And he was like, damn, you slept through that shit, man. <laughs> and they moved me, and they saw all this blood and brains and shit, and they panicked. And then supposedly the helicopter, I don't, this is how your mind works. Yeah. I don't remember, still to this day, I don't remember. It's a big chunk of memory gone, but I'm, I'm grateful. But I've yeah. tried to remember. I've sat in the dark, like, trying just won't come it's back. No, mine's like, nope, I'm not telling you this because you don't need to know. You know what <laughs> Which is cool, but they said the helicopter came and got me. It was a blessing. I was 15 minutes outside of Nashville because it's supposedly in America, per capita, the, the best brain surgeons in America come out of this, this college called Vanderbilt yeah. in Nashville. So they took me to Vanderbilt Hospital. Dr. Luke, big up to that brother. He sold my head up. He got, he got in there, cut the hole out. It was fragments in my brain, and you know that he had to one by one pick out, then cut a, hole, a perfect hole and restructure, and then get the the the, the plate. And the, it looks like a like a little bionic spider up there. Right? When he showed me the X-ray, and I was just like tripping, like damn, this shit is crazy. My mom makes me go see him every time I go to Nashville. Go check say it, hi, oh, right, to Doctor Luke, and tell him I said thank you. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. But yeah, so. Well, uh, how does that affect airport security? Do you set the thing off? No, that's oh, why. That's I, I don't know if you heard that song I got called Coming Through with, with Newmore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Touring without rest and bless. My skull's laced with titanium plates that pass metal detection. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, I got metal plates that pass metal detection. So. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, because, you know, currently, if you're brown with a beard, what you don't need is an extra restriction. Oh, do you know what I mean? Man, like, you know trust, what? Just trust me, I yeah. know. No, yeah. it's a plate. Nah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Watch. See, <laughs> Cool. Listen, it's been an absolute honour to have you, you on man. the show, man. Thank, Thank you, you so much. No um, I hope the tour goes well. Uh, Crafty Cuts was supposed to be here, but he yeah, was man. in babysitting duty. Yeah, man, Mr. Martin. Big up, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Big yeah. up his son and daughter, too, man. He got yeah. a son that's like older than his years it's crazy oh really yeah man oh cool <laughs> well we'll get him on next time but uh <laughs> thank you so much for coming on man we appreciate it Cheers. no problem Thanks, man so thank cheer. you man here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.